Hello, hello. You're listening to Ignite Your Light with Zara Black. Today, I wanted to discuss mind control. I came across, I think it was a YouTube video the other day, and I was watching something about an abusive prophetess, an abusive prophetess that came about. And there's been lots of talk about this particular prophetess. Um, She's a female prophet, obviously, and that's why she's called prophetess. And, you know, lots of people that have come to her church have been complaining that, you know, she's sexually abused them. She's obviously verbally abused them using guilt and shame and those kind of things. You know, I'm going to pray for you sort of situation. You're a bad sinner. Um, since you're struggling with this, you know, you need to be ridded of your, your, um, you know, these things that are wrong with you, essentially. And, you know, a lot of people have said that she'd even physically abused them in the church, you know, like while praying for them, you know, hitting them and things like that. You know, this had been going on for a while, like over a, a span of a few years. So it just made me think, I think I came across one of them and I think um, somebody was saying that, you know, she was using hypnosis you know, using hypnosis techniques. And this is not the first time that I've come across that notion that churches may be using hypnosis on people without people even knowing. And it's funny because, you know, just going back to when I was a Christian, I would have thought, oh, well, that's just, you know, hocus pocus. That can't be true. That can't be, you know, and it just got me to remember how closed-minded that I was because I had been taught to be closed-minded. Anything that didn't fall in line with what I was being taught, I just think it's not true. I mean, you know, the Bible doesn't say this or God doesn't say that or this, that and the other, but you sort of close your mind off to information and, you know, instead of just looking at that situation and saying hmm what is hypnosis what does hypnosis do what is the correlation between hypnosis and religion you know and that's how it gets people to not do their research to not read up on things because you're stuck on what you've been told all your life you know or what you're being told by this particular group that you've just joined um or this religious movement or even the spiritual movement because this can happen in um yoga and um, all those kind of meditation groups, you know, a lot of mind control going on with monks, you know, or alleged monks, this is happening as well, you know, and I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I certainly felt that I had been hypnotized or at least um, some mind control techniques were being used on me at the time and obviously I didn't know you know if you did if you didn't know how you know how would you protect yourself from what you don't know you know what you don't know is going on and that's the that's the fear for me um with religion a lot of people are being hypnotized and a lot of people are being brainwashed a lot of mind control techniques are being used on people in religious or spiritual institutions and the congregation, the people don't know why, because they are uneducated about mind control techniques and they're uneducated about what exactly hypnosis is. And even more dangerous, they will refuse to do the research 
and find the correlation between it because if they find correlation between it between um religion and um mind control or hypnosis they might start having thoughts of mm, is this group okay is this group really of god is this alleged man of god or this alleged um monk or prophet really you know really a good person really good kind of thing and then it kind of raises the doubt of okay well if this is supposed to be a servant or a representation of, of one of god's people you know who is god or what is god if this you know kind of fraudster is doing this and people don't want to be in that uncomfortable position of really not knowing what god is or who it is or whatever you know because why it it causes an inner conflict within them and they start to think well if all that i've been told is a lie you know what what, what is the meaning to my life you know um you know everything is a lie you know why why do i exist you know who am i essentially and people don't want to go on that journey of self-discovery of who am i you know so they'd rather just stay with what they've been taught they would rather just stay comfortable and stick to what they've been taught because they've been taught you're safe because you follow this religion you're safe or because you found this new group you're safe you know you're going to reach enlightenment eventually. You're going to go to heaven eventually. If you just follow the rules and listen to what the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the imam, the the rabbi, the monk is saying, you know, you're in a safe place. You're not in this wilderness trying to find the answers in life, you know, like you probably would be if you start to question it all, right? So you'd rather just stay under the radar and just believe what you've been taught, what the community believes, what the rabbi is teaching, and stuff like that. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about mind control today, and just drawing on with my personal experience, you know. Mind control is literally, it could could have many, many forms. It's actually been, been described as witchcraft in some, um, in some texts, some people may think that mind control is witchcraft, essentially. Um, and I do believe it kind of is because you're kind of using methods to coerce or influence people. It's kind of like those tales that you're told when you're little, you know, hubble bubble, hocus pocus, this kind of thing. And, you know, the witch is like chanting, trying to make, I don't know, somebody fall in love with somebody or somebody, I don't know, trip over a rock or what have you, you know. So it's kind of persuading people with willpower, but they don't know if you're sitting down chanting somewhere, everything is energy at the end of the day. And if you're sitting down, you know, channeling some energy and chanting about something to happen, you're sending it out into the universe. You're giving it power to exist, essentially. That's why um, it's really good to do affirmations and stuff like that, because you're giving it power to actually happen, right? So with mind control, brainwashing is a very, very common technique and it's used in the military. That's how you get people to really be devout in the military because it's it's brainwashing at the end of the day. And what happens after after people leave the military? A lot of post-traumatic stress disorder. A lot of that happens. So let's pay attention to that. Likewise, what happens in a lot of abusive groups, a lot of people end up with complex um, 
trauma, complex um, post-traumatic stress disorder, because it's exactly the same thing. It's a very, very stressful environment to be in consistently. So they'll use tactics like brainwashing, trying to almost rid you of your old self, you know, and this is your new life kind of thing. Like, you know, just using the example of the military, um, your old life before, you know, you were just a young boy or just a young girl. You didn't know anything, but now everything the military says you're going to listen to, you know, they're kind of reshaping your mind to believe and have the values that the military want you to have so they'll do this by repetition whatever whatever is being told to do it will be done over and over and over and over again that like strict rules strict um timetables that they have to follow is repetition okay so they'll kind of create a new identity for you um another very um effective technique is by using propaganda kind of creating an us and them attitude where we are the chosen ones we are the ones who know the truth we are the powerful our our group is is so superior to another um church or mosque or group or what have you there's something about your group that is special essentially you know you know i've had people say this all the time you know i don't know if you've maybe had a bad experience at church or even if you haven't you know people love to come up and say, oh, you should try my church. You should try my church. My, my church is different. My church is, oh, my pastor, this and my, you know, everybody has something amazing to say about their church or their group or their mosque or their, their um, spiritual leader or their prophet or what have you. Everybody's got something amazing to say. And that's all part of the parcel, to be honest. You're meant to be saying things like that why so you can recruit more people and that's how unknowingly they can actually get you to be their recruiters and if you're a religious person you might see this as just normal because yeah isn't that what we're supposed to do just go out into the world and preach the gospel and get more followers and stuff like that but it's all about recruitment and retention because when you're recruited by somebody that you already know, you're less likely to question, you're less likely to question what is going on here because you trust that person already. You know, say your mum invited you to a group, you're more likely to be, you know, your guard is going to be down a little bit because you, you feel that your mum is safe already. So you, you're not exactly going to start going in there and questioning things because you your mum is there you know your mum believes in it so you're just thinking okay well you know if she believes or if it's a friend you know oh my friend believes it my friend is here my friend follows them so mm, okay let's give this a try kind of thing and when you have bonds that are in the cult already you whatever group you're in i'm just gonna call it a cult for now you know whatever cult that you've been recruited into it's much easier to have strong bonds within the cult as opposed to outside of the cult because if most of your bonds are outside of the the, the cult you're gonna have conflicting evidence you're gonna have conflicting ideas and belief systems you know people are trying to get you out of the cult you know and you're, you're more likely to be swayed if you've got more um 
connections outside the cult. That's why they will get you to, you know, oh, your parents don't understand, your friends don't understand, you know, don't hang around with people who are not Muslim, don't hang around with people who are not Christian, don't hang around with people who are not Jewish or what have you. You know, they've got that down to a T in that community. But, um, you know, it's more effective if, if your network is within the the cult because you you become weaker if you know outside people try to influence you you know it's not impossible um it's definitely not impossible um to to leave even if you're in there and you do have people in there but it's it's, it's a hell of a lot easier okay so they'll get you to make friends inside the cult you know the church the synagogue the mosque what have you this new group you know that's kind of vouching for yeah this is a good thing you know this rabbi you know this monk he's nothing like the others you know he definitely knows what he's talking about he definitely knows this and he does you know people will vouch for it and you know nine times out of ten all of this happens at some some type of turning point in your life you know you might be looking for the answers you know you might be in seeking mode you know i've been lost lately or i've kind of moved away from religion altogether you know since i was a child maybe i should go back maybe i should you know you might be in seeking mode trying to find you know trying to find the answers essentially and um coming across this group may seem like a good idea because you're thinking okay maybe this is the way maybe if i join them i'll be closer to god or if i join them i'll be closer to enlightenment maybe i'll feel more fulfilled in life you know like i you know have purpose essentially and that's what they want you to to feel you know that's why they'll create a lot of peer pressure you know a lot of um people that go out and evangelize you know they start to ask people really deep questions you know if you were to die today where would you go and you know these are huge questions you know i mean i don't know i haven't died yet you know we don't know it's not like people that die can come back and tell us oh guys you know this is exactly how it works we don't actually know okay everything that we've been told is what we've been told but how do we actually know you know how do we actually know that this is categorically what happens when you die you know nobody actually knows unless you've died yourself you know that's the thing so it's it's very difficult when questions like that are being asked but that's that's the whole point of it to create that kind of question within you thinking okay well maybe this is the way maybe oh these people know what they're talking about maybe i should give them a try you know and that they will make it sound very light-hearted initially oh you know try us you know try our try our organization try our church try out this try out that so it's very light-hearted initially and then it turns into you know retention you know once you you believe that, okay, this is the way, you might even start to be an agent yourself and start recruiting more people, you know? You know, start recruiting the more people. Oh, yeah, this place is amazing. They're like this, they're like that. And they may get you to, to start committing acts that are not in your best interest at that point because you're so sold out to it. You believe that this is the, the place for you, that you 
even if stuff do not agree with your value system or it doesn't really agree with your morals or what you believe is is right you will still betray yourself and stay there because you believe that it's for the greater good you know you're in the right place overall so oh even though I, yeah I did see that leader abuse somebody I'm just gonna let it slide because at the end of the day he's a worker of God I mean how do you know that you know how how do you know that because he says a few scriptures from the holy book does that does that really define who he is can I can I really say that he is not an abusive person like he's displaying right in front of my eyes right so with mind control I'll just talk a little bit about my my own personal <laughs> my own personal um experience with that so when I when I kind of met my ex-husband I would say I think there was a lot of um suggestive persuasion going on you know he tried to get me to to do things or identify with things subconsciously that I wasn't necessarily in agreement with but he did it by by suggestion so you can be persuaded just by suggestion it's like going to the ice cream shop with your friend and your friend is just like you know you pick up a chocolate ice cream and your friend is like you don't like chocolate you know I mean dude like I just picked up that chocolate ice cream so maybe I want it kind of thing but it's the power of suggestion you don't eat chocolate you know that's not that's not who you are oh I'm surprised that you're eating chocolate that kind of thing so it's kind of a disapproval of your current actions and I think he did that a lot to me initially for me to start thinking to myself oh well maybe I maybe I am that person oh maybe I maybe I'm not that person or you know stuff like that so he would he would um suggest things to me all the time about my personality about the decisions that I would make and stuff like that and because obviously I approved of his his uh I don't know judgment or what have you at the time I was much more you know my guard was down a lot more to his persuasive techniques that he was using at the time I just thought oh yeah well you know he's my boyfriend so why not kind of thing but you know this can be used by friends a lot you know that don't have your best interest as well in the same way they might be using the power of persuasion and you don't know because you're thinking well it's my friend obviously they just want good for me right and then um towards the the point where I was losing my son so I was in hospital um I was very very emotional I was very low I was thinking what is happening here I can't believe this you know they're telling me my son is going to die um you know that's very very heartbreaking at the time so I'm vulnerable I'm very very impressionable I'm very very susceptive to suggestions because I need help right now you know I definitely need help um, and obviously being a Christian at the time the the thing that you would mostly be encouraged to do is is to pray right because if God can solve all your problems and stuff like that 
why not you know ask him for some help right <laughs> so obviously praying and stuff like that and i'm thinking okay this this prophet that my ex-husband has in, in introduced me to is um, a alleged man of god so let me listen to what he's saying since he's you know probably a bit closer to god than i am so i'll just listen to what he's saying you know and he's telling me all of these things you know you've got to do this you've got to do that you've got to and, you know i might i let me say I, I did engage in things that I didn't really understand because I was thinking, okay, well, it's for the greater good, right? It's because I want to have that approval from God, essentially, you know? Even after my, my son died, I was thinking, wow, like, I prayed so much and you know, God still didn't really listen to my prayer, you know, there must be some type of reason for that, and I want to find that reason out, you know, I really want to find that out, so I was tired at the time, that's very, 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 very common when using mind control techniques to wear down your subject, okay, that's why people may have like really really long church services and stuff like that it really is just to wear you down so you are tired you know if you're at that place you know three times a week you're tired so when the leader asks you to do something or you know reshape your identity or something you're more likely to have it done to you so he would try and make me feel guilty you know i remember at one point you know that i was having lots of trouble with um, my ex-husband and just thinking like what the hell is this like this is some bull <laughs> and uh you know i was consulting the prophet about it kind of thing like this man is crazy kind of thing and he would he you know would say to me you know Oh, you know, Zara, did you, you know, in your past, did you ever, you know, date a married man or something like that? And I was thinking, uh, no, because he's like, oh, sometimes, you know, sometimes he, um, you know, when women have, have done things like that, like dating a married man in the past, when they actually do get married, sometimes, you know, the karma com comes back to them sort of thing. And I'm thinking, okay. I definitely see how this could have worked if I had dated a married man in the past and that might have, have gotten me to feel very guilty, you know, thinking, oh, this is why, this is why, you know, this is why kind of thing. But I think even just him saying that alone kind of made me feel like a bit guilt ridden in a way because what he was essentially doing to me is suggesting that I am going through this terrible marriage because of something that I had done, you know? So I initiate I, I I I blame myself either way, you know? And then I had this kind of compulsion to start confessing, you know? That's I think this is, happens a lot in the Catholic Church, you know, where you're kind of feeling like you have to confess. I, I spoke to a lady the other day, Nicole. Um, you can watch the the video on my YouTube and she was basically saying that, you know, they all had to confess to their um disciples what they did that that week you know i'm sure a lot of churches and mosques and different um spiritual institutions do this still you know make you confess about things that you did that you don't think is in line with you know what the group believes and stuff like that you know that kind of guilt-ridden kind of um 
attitude where you feel like you need to be transparent with them and you need to tell them every single time you slip up and every single time you do something that's like not in the in, in line with the religion or the the spiritual practices right you know I, I, I slipped up you know I've got to, to confess now you know and that's what he kind of got me to start doing because I started just like confessing like little things to him you know just thinking you know could this be it could this be it could this be it you know what is the reason that I'm having this horrible horrible time and then this marriage you know it wasn't dating a married man but I definitely felt like it it must have been something that I had done to 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 deserve this you know this was my karma essentially um for some type of reason you know they'll get you to to think about your old self you know this is what you used to do when you were outside of the group this is what you used to do oh i used to do that i used to do that so they're getting you to think no get rid of that old self get rid of that old self you know i think this happens a lot in churches when you're asked to i don't know maybe give your life to christ or something and you have to get rid of old things you know you have to stop doing worldly things you know start thinking of yourself as this super spiritual being and you know they really assault your identity essentially making you think that all those things about you are wrong and you've got to get rid of them (laughs) If you don't get rid of them, you'll feel very guilty. So you're trying to and just constantly having this battle of identity almost, you know, until they get you to this kind of breaking point where you just really want to just sell yourself out to this organization and really be used as a tool, really be used because you're so, you're acting out of fear and guilt, essentially, you know. So you start to identify with this new identity more and more and more because you want approval. You want approval from the group. You want approval from the leader. You want approval from God. So you start to do more of these kind of new things, you know, all these new activities just to make sure that you're going to be um, approved. So, for example, in my um, specific situation, um, I don't know if a lot of you know this, but... I was born um, with my name Z, 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 Z-A-R-A, Zara. And I was told whilst I was in the group to change my name, change my name to X-A-R-A. Well, I wasn't told to change it to X-A-R-A, but I was told to change my name, like change, like pick another name. And I just thought, well, I'm not exactly going to like be Rebecca now, you know, (laughs) let me at least pick something that's, you know, quite similar so I just changed the spelling literally but that was my new name that's you know this is essentially my new identity and um just going back to to the brainwashing and the the mind control you know even when I was about to divorce um I you know I decided within myself listen I don't care what anybody says like this has just got to stop this is self-betrayal it's not worth it I don't care what I have to lose to get out of this marriage but I have got to get out of this because this is actually taking a toll on my mental health I cannot do this anymore 
And, you know, he tried to use the same mind control techniques on me, telling me, oh, you know, if you divorce, you're going to hell. Full well knowing that, obviously, I know that that it says stuff like that in the Bible. Well, it doesn't say you're going to hell, essentially. It just says something like, you know, God hates divorce or God doesn't approve of divorce or what have you. Okay, and this is why a lot of people will stay in, you know, BS marriages because they're thinking, well, if I get divorced now, I've lost favor with God. I mean, you've probably done a few worse things in your life before the divorce. So <laughs> if you were going to lose favor with God, uh, it's a, not to say you've already lost it, but I mean, it's just not worth trying to uphold you know making yourself unhappy in the hope that you'll be approved i think you're going to be approved whether you are divorced or you're not divorced because it doesn't essentially mean that you're a bad person if you're going around killing abusing manipulating people i think that's more of a crime um that you're and, and you're a bad person you know but even with that being said people are still going around abusing manipulating and being bad people okay and it's not exactly like they get run over by a truck is it so hmm. why are we um you know good people suffering and um kind of explaining away our suffering to the point where you know our, our reward is in heaven or you know we're we're doing right by god i think we're just kind of fooling ourselves to think that you know we're going to be rewarded for for shrinking. We're going to be rewarded for self um, abandoning ourselves and making ourselves unhappy deliberately, hoping that you know we're going to get some type of reward for this unhappiness. I personally don't think there is a reward for being unhappy, and I think it's more important to keep yourself happy at all times if you do decide to engage in these groups because you have to remember that there is brainwashing going on. You have to remember that there's hypnotism going on, you know. And then somebody spoke to me about a spiritual experience they had. And, uh, you know, I think this was in the church and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, there's something about the music when you're, when, you're, when you're in a spiritual organization. That's why I think a lot of spiritual groups will, will use, like, really profound music when meditating and stuff like that. You know just to really get your mind in the zone there's a lot of power in music you know so when you're in you know church or you're in even a hypnosis office you know being hypnotized if you've been hypnotized before if you haven't when you're being hypnotized they might play certain tones in the background kind of thing to get your mind in a certain place and that can happen a lot in um, religious institutions whether you know it or not because if they continue playing that song or playing that instrument or chanting that specific thing it's it, you're essentially being hypnotized you know because you're getting your mind into a certain place when that music is being played you know that's why um i don't know if you're a church person you'll know that they often do altar calls and when they do an altar call i'm sure in almost every institution they will start to play some emotive music you know when the the leader is talking they'll put some emotive music in the background you know you know if you were to die today this kind of thing and it just puts your mind in a place of you know being suggested to 
again, closing your eyes, instructing people to close their eyes and stuff like that, it puts you off balance because you're wondering what is going on, you know? So it, you're more likely to, to comply with these things if your eyes are closed and the music is going on, you're essentially more susceptible to be hypnotized in that particular time, you know, because you're putting your mind in that kind of spiritual place um, to be hypnotized and um, these conversion techniques can be used more effectively on you when you're in that spot. Um <clears throat> just thinking um back to my experience you know my entire my entire mind had been controlled my entire world had been constructed for me um and i had been brainwashed because i believed that there was a spiritual explanation for why i had a premature labor for why my son died, for why I needed to be in this marriage, you know, they completely hijacked my mind that this is for the greater good, this is what God wants, God wants you to marry this person, and I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, well, I want to do what God wants, you know, and I knew that, oh, I didn't want to marry this person, but I was thinking, well, if God wants it, then I will sacrifice myself because of God, kind of thing, you know, which was a really, really bad thing to do. But because I felt like, you know, God is more important than me, I'm not an important person at all, I will lay down my life and, you know, dedicate my life to, to whatever I'm being told. Um, just believing all the things that they, they said to me, you know, that my family's evil and, you know, I'm, I have a curse on me that I'll never get married. I'll never be in a successful marriage. I have a curse. And, you know, which in turn, you know, my ex-husband used all the time. Every time I wanted to be like, well, this is symbol. Um, you know, he would say, you know, it's the forces working against you. It's the forces, you know, it's the forces working against you that, you know, you're not supposed to even be married right now. You know, that you have a curse on you, that you're never supposed to get married and have a successful marriage. So whenever we're having problems, even though these problems are induced by him, um, he would just blame it on some kind of spiritual reason that we're um, having problems and things like that just taking the attention away from his um behavior so that's all we have time for today we've gone a bit over today but i hope you've enjoyed this particular episode um if you have any questions opinions comments please um do um hit me up on social media um send me a message on facebook or instagram or what have you and um yeah i'm gonna do a video version of this um i don't know if you've seen the video version first or you're listening to this first but there will be a video um available on youtube um so follow me on all the social media channels at zara black that's x-a-r-a black thank you so much for listening